Thank you so much for tuning in to the Lily Podcast for its very first season. We will be taking a short break before season two. In the meantime, while the Lily Podcast is on break, we will be running episode replays. So without further ado, here we go. I am here with my lovely sister, Sasha, and she's going to be sharing her testimony today. So can you start by giving me a little bit of background about how your life was before you met Christ? Oh, man, where do I start? (laughs) (laughs) So I would say more like in adolescence, that's where I'll start. It's just basic rebellion. I mean, honestly. Um, So I was born to a teen mom who wanted to be my friend. Literally. So I didn't really understand authority. Even like coming into Christ, I'm like, what? <laughs> but I was just a heathen. I mean, I was your whoremonger heathen, drunker heathen, didn't go to church. I prefer I actually used to profess that I was atheist in college. Wow. I was that person that someone would talk to me about God and I'd be like, Wow, but why? And then this science and then this like I don't even like looking back, I'm like, Why? I didn't even study that. But Right. Where did that come from? I, I guess it came from me wanting to be a doctor and like always okay. studying science. science. So, okay. yeah, I think that was really it. Okay. What would you say was the turning point? Like, what made you say, like, okay, I like, need to change? Yes. In college, I'll never forget, I made a bucket list literally of like all the sexual things I wanted to get done before I graduated. Okay. Disgusting, right? <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? I was so depressed. Looking back now, because I was, I would pass out drinking. And I just would continue in this cycle of like, all right, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. And then one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to go celibate. I think this is the best option for me right now. Like, I'm tired of being hurt. I'm tired of going through these cycles of depression. I'm going to go celibate. And then I met my first son's father. And he went to Rutgers with me. And he invited me to church. I went to church a few times. And I was like, okay, well, we'll be celibate together. And then we had sex one time. And I got and pregnant. One time. One time. <laughs> one time. <laughs> and when I got pregnant, that was my turning point. Because okay. I realized then how much I was in, like, need of a savior. That, that was the point. I was like, wow. Okay, so I'm no longer depressed because I'm no longer drinking. I can't drink. I'm pregnant. Um, but then I was like, okay, well, I can't, this can't be the end of it. Like, mm-hmm. where does happiness, joy, love, like, where does that all come from? Because he, just, my son's father decided when I was three months pregnant that he didn't want, we, that was it, that we were done with that relationship. I'm like, all right, listen, I was born by single mothers. I've, that's all I've known is single mom. So yeah. it just wasn't new to me. But that was my turning point, being pregnant and realizing, like, this can't be the end. Like, where... Where in life is there joy, happiness? Like, mm-hmm. because I was just surrounded by so much depression and all that stuff. And then with this, now I'm, I'm bringing life into the world. Like, what, what's next? Right. So. Okay. So you said that your son's father invited you to church a couple times. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of, I don't want to say disappeared, but he, he left. Mm-hmm. Right. So with him out of the picture, what was the next step? Like, what? You said, like, okay, this can't be the end, but then where did you go from there? So, um, you got, you know, I went to Rutgers. So did Kazalia. Okay. And our first sons are literally five weeks apart. So she randomly 
sent me a <laughs> message random random because we were professing to be christian right? right we were like we're recording here we are pregnant having a baby she was like literally commented on our picture that we were pregnant saying do i hear wedding bells question mark question mark question mark so i sent her a message and said yes actually we're going to be getting married november 14 2014 we already have the wedding set like i'll be pregnant but whatever it's you know we need to make things right right and I'll never forget after he had broke up with me because it was like months in advance, she had invited me to a teaching and I was like, all right, well, yeah, sure. Mind you, I'm like five months pregnant <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know, if that's what you guys have, I'll, I'll come, mm-hmm. I'll come support and <laughs> support. <laughs> right. Support. And then I left like there is a God. I left because within the midst of the people that I was with, there was, you can feel it. Like, I kid you not, I didn't know at the time, but the pastor came and helped me put on my shoes. Mind you, I'm five months old. It's your first baby. You know, when your first baby, your belly belly barely shows. And she's like putting on my shoes. I'm like, um, ma'am, I can, I can put on my shoes. But it was just so evident. She was going out of her way to serve, to show me that she loved me. I didn't even get to hear the teaching. I only heard the testimony of... Um, the guy that was teaching, he was sharing on how his wife was paralyzed and mm-hmm. how like the Lord had healed her. And then I was like, well, I'm five months pregnant. I drove a long way. And at that time in my pregnancy, I would fall asleep at the wheel. So my excuse was I have to leave early because I need to make sure that I'm not sleeping at the wheel and I can get home and like yeah. be safe. But I'm like, man, that was a demonic attack. I miss a whole movement of God. Exactly. <laughs> but I knew where I was in that moment. Like, I'm like, this, these are people of God. Like, oh, this is very different than my every Sunday going to Baptist church <laughs> that my son's father, mind you, I still went, even though we weren't together, I would still go. Cause I, I felt that, oh, well, it's the right thing to do. Okay. You were still seeking, even though right. he wasn't in the picture. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. So with you accepting this invite from Kazalia and then you leaving early what what happens after that because you know a lot of times or even in the situation you were with like going to church you go there you listen to the pastor then Mm -hmm. you leave and then it's back to reality right so once you left there was it like that same kind of situation where it's like that was great I experienced God but now I'm back to my life and like what happens now Honestly, it was such a yearning that I knew I had to be with her. Like every single waking moment, I wanted to be with these people. I didn't care what. And and it was, it was, I really felt now looking back, it was all God, like him positioning me, him pulling him, him tugging because I went in that room, even though I only knew Kazalia, I felt like everyone in that room wanted to be me to be a part of their lives, like a family. So even though she lived two hours away, I would go and hang out with her. But then I would spend time with people that she introduced me to and that were around me. And I would want to be with them every waking moment. Like, I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, just so much love. There's like so much care. And were like, you always that friendly to like, yes. OK, yes, okay. I've so always it wasn't been even like it's like I need a breakthrough to be with these people. Right. It was okay. like, oh, these people are nice. Right. (laughs) Okay, I'll I'll be around them. Yeah. So that's really what it was. It's just like feeling the tug, feeling the yearning. And then also 
Like, it's really the love. Like, the love of God's people. I cannot tell you. It's like, it's suffocating. But at the same time, you're like, you want to be suffocated? Yes, yes. Like, <laughs> I need this in my life? Yeah. So it's just like, I wanted to be around them. Like, no matter what. No matter what, I wanted to be around them. So Wow. Would you say that you've encountered any challenges or obstacles after experiencing that love and that connection with God's people? Oh, absolutely. I would definitely say when you first come into being a part of a body where there's true Christians and you feel that love, you start to realize every single thing that's not like Christ in you. Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest things that I felt that I knew that I struggled with was rejection. And I felt like that was the one thing, the biggest obstacle that would want me to feel I need to not be with these people. Because that's how the spirit of rejection works. It makes you feel like, okay, when I'm around these people, they don't really want me. Even though they're like, I love you. I want to spend time with you. Hey, do you need anything? Since you've been through so much, like in my life, being through so much trauma, being a single mom, there's so many different doors of rejection. Mm -hmm. So when you would be around them, it's like you love them, but then you will also feel like, am I really a part? You start to question yourself. Well, at least I did. And I would question myself like, okay, like, hmm. Am I, is it me? Is it them? Like, I, it just feels really awkward. That was my biggest obstacle until I got deliverance from rejection. Then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> now I can really, like, be here. Right. Okay. Okay, so that the moment that you described when Kazalia invited you to the teaching, mm-hmm. and you said, like, you know, you could just feel God in the room, was that the moment that you decided, like, this is what I'm going to do for my li- with my life? No. So even after all of that and experience all that, and I think it was just a glimpse because I left early. Mm-hmm. So I would still come with her to fellowship. Like I'm, I wasn't a part of the church. I never, you know how like they're like, stand up, you're going to be a part of your life. <laughs> I never did that. Right. So I went through my entire pregnancy because remember I came when I was five months pregnant. I went through my entire pregnancy. I delivered my son. I had a supernatural childbirth because there was a woman in the community who kept on telling me like, this is possible for you. And after I actually experienced that supernatural childbirth, and I came back, I felt like I was delivered. Like, rejection was broken off of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I've gotten more deliverance after that. But, like, in that moment when I came and they received me as a single mom and they received my child, I was like, this is exactly where I want to be. Like, I want to be with these people. Because they welcomed me like, hey! They, right. like, grabbed the car seat, took my baby. And like, do you need <laughs> anything? I'm like, again? <laughs> you know, you got to help me take my shoes off, too? So right. it was like, it was that moment that I felt the love yet again. Right. But I felt it, and I seen it also onto my son that I was like, this is where I want to be. Like, these are the people. Like, this is it right here for me. Amen. How would you say your relationship with Christ has then impacted the relationships that you had prior? Oh, listen, I could have been a baby mama drama uh, lady, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So that's definitely an impact because, of course, like I've said before, that's all I've known is single mom. My mom's a single mom. Well, I was a single mom. Like, everyone I knew. I grew up on my Spanish side of the family. Like, I'm half black, but... Y'all know I'm not really black because I don't know nothing about it. <laughs> so so um, that's all I really knew, right? And wait, what was the question? No, I, I got to. You were, I, <laughs> I asked how it impacted your relationship. Oh, my relationship. Right? So yeah. seeing the love of God poured out on me, I knew that I couldn't act the way I used to act. Mm-hmm. Even if I was angry, right? Yeah. Because he disappeared. He wasn't really around. But I knew in those moments that that's just not Christ-like. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I can't be having an attitude and Byron to my baby daddy <laughs> and then be like, ah, praise Jesus. Like, I love yeah. it. Like, it just seems so contradictory to me. And I've never been two-faced. I've never been what I've, I am who I am wherever I am. Like, right. that's always been the case. I'm always a loud, funny person. Like, that's where, that's who, I'm, that's who I am. So I knew that I couldn't be saying that I love God and I worship God and I want to be with him and then go in my normal life with heathens, like, and dealing with my son's father and my family, because remember, I grew up in a, like, we didn't go to church. It was mm-hmm. just straight atheist household that I couldn't go back to them and be, like, acting like I ain't had no sense. Right. Or, or that I didn't have Christ. Mm-hmm. So being around those people made me realize, like, okay, like, I need to be Christ-like in front of them. Because that's what's really going to win them. It's not me constantly hitting them over the head with scripture. It's really going to be how I treated them and how yeah. I loved them. Because that's what won me to Christ. It was They weren't beating me up with scripture when I came. They were like loving me, right? Like, oh, okay. Did that did that take a while for me to love them back? Yeah, it was immediate. It was immediate because I received it immediately. Mm-hmm. So I knew it wasn't me. Like I'm gonna get there one day. Right. It was never that was never a thought in my mind. I'm Amen. gonna get there one day to love my mom how these people have received me. Mind you, my right. mom know me my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> so there's just no <laughs> way that I would walk out and be like. Oh, here we go again with this lady, you know, like my friend, because that mm-hmm. was what my mom was to me. So. Wow. Can you recall a specific experience that you had after coming in, like after that initial experience you had with Christ? Mm-hmm. Can you recall something else that just reinforces who Christ is for you? Oh, absolutely. So after I had my first son, um, we had a conference called Love and War, and he was eight weeks old. I wasn't going to go, right? Leala was like, why not? I was like, oh, okay, you know. like At this point, when you're so fresh in Christ, you take any suggestion. You're like, okay, sure, yeah, all right, get on the plane, bring my little baby in, right. I go. So I remember getting there, and, of course, there's a lot of people you don't know because it's the regions, right? And, of course, when you, want, when you get there, you want to be with the people you do know, so you're not, like, on the side, like, I just don't know these people. <laughs> and I'll never forget, my eight-week-old baby had a blowout, so there's poop everywhere. Oh, man. <laughs> poop everywhere. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't check into my room because the person that I'm rooming with isn't here yet. And I found Carmel, and she's from Florida. Mm-hmm. And she said, come with me. Like, come to my room. And it didn't feel weird. I wasn't like, what's this lady invite me to my room? <laughs> I knew, again, that it was the love of God. Like, I knew. Like, she was, she came to serve. Like, she invited me to her room. She introduced me to her children, her husband. She's like, change the baby here. What else do you need? Like, who, where are you from? She was, like, engaging me in conversation. And it was yet again, like being served i'm like mm-hmm. oh my god these people love me just, they don't even know me she's from a whole different state and she's like come like what do you need like let me help you that was fantastic amen so for people that can identify with being a single mom or being raised by a single mom coming from a life of you know drunkenness whoredom mm-hmm. all those things what advice would you have for them when it comes to holding on to Christ? I would say it would definitely be with all that whoredom, the drunkenness, there's a, there's a space that they're trying to fill. Mm -hmm. And I think what coming to Christ, he just fills every single gap and every crevice. So the want and the love that they're looking for and every vice that they're getting between sleeping with people or drinking that they can actually receive it from Christ. 
So I think it's like that shift in the mindset of thinking that this temporary thing can help me with that. Yeah. Will definitely help. Mm-hmm. Like that temporary thing is just, it's going to go away. Like you're going to wake up from, <laughs> from your, and have your hangover and, or that guy or that girl is going to leave mm-hmm. and they're not going to be with you anymore. Cause it was just this flame. Right. So it's like just understanding that Christ literally came to fill every hole and every gap. That's the biggest thing. Amen. So <clears throat> how how long have you been saved now? Um, I would say like almost nine years, ever since I was pregnant. Okay. And Eli's going to be nine in February. Nine years. Okay. And after you being or experiencing the love of Christ, the love of his people, mm-hmm. being in that for nine years, what would, how would you say your faith has now shaped who you are, how you approach different situations, Mm -hmm. and just, like, your values and how you see life now? Well, through the nine years, man, you just all these trials, being in the dark night of the soul, (laughs) like, getting married, going from being a single mom to, like, being married, having children with my husband, like, the Lord has been so faithful Mm -hmm. in all of that. So it's, like, according to my faith, it's, like, I... I'll never lose. <laughs> I just exactly. never, I'll never lose. So the way it has shaped me through time is like now being in certain, certain predicaments and situations is like, all right, all right, Lord, where are we going now? Right. Like I never look at a situation as, oh my gosh, this has happened. The what, 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 and you start questioning, worrying, doubting. It's like, all right, all right, Lord, I, I know there's something in this, whether for me to learn, to move on from, to learn about myself, to learn about my marriage, my children, my husband. It's like, okay, well, I'll, I'll tell you, I received that. Yeah. Like, instead of, like, bucking up to what he's doing, I mean, if he's, if I declare that he's my author and the finisher of my life, then I'm bucking up to things happening. It's like, it's, right. It's, it doesn't add up. Yeah. It's like being hypocritical. Yeah. So now when things come up, it's like, okay, like, Lord, if I surrender my full life to you and say, Lord, I surrender everything, I trust you. Amen. Amen. Yeah. That's it's awesome because it's just like steady, mm-hmm. like you're just so steady in God and who He is and and all that He is doing and has done, mm-hmm. and you know a lot of times we see just unsteadiness when it comes <laughs> right. to you know believing God for who He said He was. Right? <clears throat> Can you share a specific instance that? you know, where a challenge might have risen up and mm-hmm. it's like, this is how I'm going to believe you. Uh, when my husband and I first got married, I'll never forget, he got fired from his job. I think we were married like three months. Two, maybe. I don't know. And I'm like, I'll never forget this. I decided to go on a five-day fast. My mom comes over on day three and she goes, I never tell my mom stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I would never tell my mom, oh, my husband lost his job. He told her because he's very close to his family. His family like this. My family <laughs> like this. So <laughs> we're not even touching. <laughs> we're not as close. I'm like, why are you doing that? What you want to do? Um, and she comes over. She literally says, I, I raised you to be independent. I raised you to do stuff on your own. And I was just taking down points. I'm like, Lord, I repent for independence. I repent for wanting to do some of my own, right? And that was the one instance that I was like, Lord, you're faithful. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I don't remember, even though she came in with the voice of devil, right. <laughs> literally, like, you should get a divorce, like, just saying crazy things. And I thank God, I was literally third day of the bus. I'm like, my mom's just coming up in here just wrecking havoc. But it really didn't wreck anything because I was so steadfast mm-hmm. in that past, number one. And number two, when we look back at that time, we had no need or want. Nothing like rent was paid. We had food. Like Amen. nothing. We didn't even realize that he lost his job. <laughs> Mind you, I wasn't making the best of money. It wasn't like I was balling or anything. But we had one income, and he was able to see us through that. And then each time we've been married for five years, each time something like that came up, Bernal would remind me. Remember, mm. remember, because I'm the worry ward. Yeah. Like, I'm the one like, nah, yeah, ah, there's children. <laughs> we got to pay for this. Brunel's like, but remember, like, we didn't have a need. Wow. Like, we never had a need in those moments, in those times. Because then I lost my job after we had our third baby. And I had that thought of like, mm. oh, my God. Like, you know, you want to freak out. <laughs> but my husband's like, but re- he's that person that's always like, remember when? Awesome. <laughs> no, remember, remember when, when you need those people. Because <laughs> you, you lose it. You'll be like, but <laughs> it's raining. <laughs> right. But it, it, it's he always reminds me. And it's such a fantastic reminder. Even now in this situation that came up recently, I didn't even have that. That's how my faith has grown. Like, so Amen. now in this situation where we're like, oh, my gosh, how are we going to do this? I'm like, it's going to get done. Right. I, he has not failed me yet. <laughs> Like Amen. he has not filmed me. So in this, I'm like, okay, well, what we do now? We're going to serve the people. We're going to pray, but we're going to do, we're going to do something. I'm not going to sit here and worry because it's just, he's just has not filmed me. Right. So I feel like I already know the answer, but the last <laughs> question I want to ask is who do you know God as? Oh man, a provider. Amen. <laughs> That's all you yes. said to me. <laughs> you know, I'll never forget. Like, I have so many testimonies of his provision. So I literally know him personally as a provider. And what's fantastic about it is he's so different in other people's lives. And Mm -hmm. when you have relationship with people, you'll hear their testimonies of how they've, like, I have a friend, he's her deliverer. He becomes so many different things. So many different things. Like, always delivering her from something. Then I have another friend always healing her from something. So I know him as a healer. I know him as a deliverer. I know him as a provider in my own life. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just you get to see him in so many different ways. But my testimonies have always been provision. Like, um, I'll never forget an instance. I have so many stories. I've never forget an instance where I was part of the I was part of my church now, and um, student loans don't care if you're a single mom, right. if you're making like just graduated, making these little ten buck two money, like they don't care. And I'll never forget having like twenty five dollars left over after I paid for everything, and that's not including groceries. I didn't. So I have me and my son. I'm like I won't eat. Like, whatever. I don't. Literally, the Lord used another person that go is in my in my church. Her mom worked at um, a food pantry, and she would bring me groceries every week. Wow! Every week, I'm like, and I I was like, you know, I don't have no need. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a need. I don't have a need. He's always been my provider. Always. Amen. That's awesome. <laughs> Is that it? Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Lily Podcast. For a while, I have been wanting to put out a call to salvation. And the call to salvation begins with the gospel. The gospel says that God became man in Jesus Christ, that Jesus lived a perfect and sinless life, the life that we were all supposed to live. And he died the death that we are all deserving of due to our sin. Three days later, he rose again, proving that he is the son of God, offering the gift of salvation and forgiveness of sins to all those who would repent and believe in him. If you have not answered the call to salvation and you want to answer the call to salvation, please fill out the form below and let's see if I can get you connected with disciples in your local area so that you can get started on your journey with Christ. If you have answered that call to salvation but you haven't been activated in the Great Commission, you can use that same form below and I can get you connected with disciples in your local area that can show you how to get activated and get involved in the work that God left us here to do. The Great Commission says, Go therefore, preaching the gospel, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey the things that God has commanded us. As Christians, we have a work here on this earth. So if you haven't been activated, use that form below and let's get you activated. Once again, I'm so grateful and I really do appreciate your support. Thank you for tuning in and meet us back here next week because we will be dropping a new episode every Friday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your support.